You're listening to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans. Welcome to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans. My name is Matt Markstone. I am the host of the show. And no matter where you are, no matter how you may be listening, thank you for making the show part of your day. I hope that you enjoy it. If this is your first time. Welcome to the show. This is episode 82. Uh, I hope that you find it enjoyable. I hope you find it informative. Uh, I hope it's something that you will subscribe to and come back to. If you've been here before, uh, welcome back. Uh, I do appreciate you listening. Um, this year, uh, for the season preview show, we decided to talk to a number of people from around, uh, the kind of Southampton fan base and ask the same questions of them to get their ideas as to what they think will happen over the course of the season. Um, so some of them, you know, you may, some of the questions you may ha- uh, maybe can anticipate, uh, highest score, most assists, things like that. Uh, we'll also ask, you know, for lineups and, and, uh, you know, players that will have a big impact or players will miss or whatever. So we'll ask all those questions of everybody um, that, that is on the show today. Uh, and, and a special thanks goes out to everybody who uh, was able to make it work. There were even more people who were interested in coming on the show and who couldn't make it work. Uh, and then once I had a certain number of people, uh, of course, we had to say, say no. Um, but even so, even though we said no to a number of people uh, to come on this week, uh, the show is still very, very, very long. And I apologize. Um, so what I would recommend is about halfway through, uh, I'll let the interviews run about halfway through just back to back to back. Uh, and then after a certain number, I'll say, okay, like this is probably where you're getting to work, take a break, come back, uh, and then be in for round two. So it is a long episode. I I do realize that, but this is the, uh, also the season preview and we wanted to give you as many perspectives as we can. So, uh, hopefully you get it all in before Burnley on Sunday. Uh, but maybe with the extra day in there, uh, maybe you'll have enough time. So uh, with all that said, we will just jump into it now. Uh, here is my first interview that I did. Uh, you'll hear them in order. And they should. we need to mention, these were all done, uh, some even before the Celta Vigo game. Um, all of them were done uh, before the final tune-up game that, of course, didn't go very well. And I was out of town for the weekend. I had no cell signal. I had no Wi-Fi. I was, I was camping. Uh, I came back into town uh, to see the uh, the score of the game uh, and, and kind of the fallout from that. So I wasn't all that happy with uh, what I saw, but um, take that into consideration when you're listening and when we're talking about things, because uh, that game had yet to be played. So uh, anyway, here we go. We'll jump right into it. I hope you enjoy the show. I'll talk to you uh, in a while. We'd like to welcome back to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, Lucy Heinett. Uh, she's here to take part in their kind of season preview. So she's on Twitter at Lucy Heinett. Uh, I'm sure most of the listeners will have heard of her and know of her uh, and follow her on on Twitter. But uh, Lucy, welcome back and, and thanks for joining me. 
thank you for having me on. Looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, you are the first uh, recording that we're doing for this uh, particular episode. And basically what we're doing is we're just going to go around and kind of ask some questions about uh, the, the team and uh, kind of just, you know, look forward to the beginning of the year. Let's just kind of run through these and we'll see kind of um, how it goes. Um, first off, attack, midfield, defense, goalkeeping. Um, where do you see us? We'll start with the positives. Where do you see us being the strongest in terms of uh, of the squad? Um, I think central midfield. I think every time we're linked with central midfielder, everyone says, why? We don't need another one. Why, why are we linked to this guy? I mean, I saw um, earlier today, it was Danny Drinkwater, would he get come on loan from Chelsea? And people were saying, oh, we don't need any more central midfielders. And I feel like at the moment, if Lamina stays, which, you know, could change, mm-hmm. um, that's looking like a good area. We have quite a lot of options in terms of whether they're more attacking, such as Armstrong or more defensive like Romeo. So I think central midfield and probably the fullbacks. I think Bertrand's probably our best player. And Cedric is probably quite well suited to this wing back system that we have at the moment. So I, I think central midfield and fullback, I'm saying. Okay. Or wing back uh, Yeah, yeah. And what about what about a place to improve? Um, what about what would you say is the weakest area that we have? I think the big thing that people are calling out for at the moment quite fairly is some kind of forward um, improvement, whether that be some kind of winger, preferably a left-footed one, or a distinctly different option as a striker. So, you know, like a big centre-forward target man or a, a kind of quicker player. I think that seems to be where people see our weak points. And I think having lost Talic and Bufal, we're pinning quite a lot on Elianisi to hit the ground running. Mm-hmm. And I think we've seen um, several players, particularly from outside the very top leagues. I mean, I know he has Champions League experience, but in terms of that week-to-week um, sort of fatigue and things... Um, we've seen players struggle to adapt. So I think there's quite a lot of risk associated. So I'd like to see us spread that risk um, somehow. Um, I know we've been linked to a few wingers recently. Um, doesn't look like we'll get Danny Ings, which I'm kind of relieved about because 20 million pounds sounds like a lot for a player who has missed nearly 500 days um, <laughs> at Liverpool. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I'm not, I'm not stoked on that, that, even that rumor, uh, especially with a twenty million dollar or twenty million pound price tag, that's uh, that's a lot. Um, yeah, I'm relieved. I mean, how at this point, how do you feel about the business that the team has done in the transfer market uh, over the summer? I'm generally quite encouraged. Um, they seem to be broadly players that we've had a long term interest in, so we've scouted thoroughly. Um, I think even Elliot Newsy said that he'd been tracked by Saints since he was like 18 or something, which right. I thought was incredibly impressive. Um, so like, it looks like we're going back to that method of scouting and analysis rather than the kind of weird career type picks where the manager gets to say what's going on. And I think given how many concerns there were about Mark Hughes and his recruitment record, particularly uh, the the later days at Stoke, I think that was a measure that needs to be taken. And I, and I think the club have worked really well. I think maybe I, I really like Angus Khan and I've heard really good things about him and I've really enjoyed the uh, interview you had. Um, I think maybe if you haven't got rid of Forster, spending that money when we really could do with forward made, I guess that's slightly different. Vestergaard um, was a big, like needed, needed to happen, was really important um, and, and that's got sorted out. I think... 
maybe a few bounds wanted another centre back, but then you're getting into problems of moving out, and that being the main problem. I think if you've got Deadwood and players that aren't really contributing, how the hell do you get rid of them? Um, and I suppose the one weak point of the market has been um, how we haven't been able to sell anyone and it's been loans. I mean, is it over £40 million pounds of player on loan? And that sounds, you know, that sounds pretty bad when you think if you could sell them, how much that could improve the team. Right. Um, but there's nothing you can do about it if teams don't want them. So, um, but no, broadly, I'm quite encouraged. The only thing, as I say, would be more forward recruitment, possibly. Yeah. But it looks like we're now in a position where you need to sell before that happens. So who knows? That, that seems to be what Hughes has, has indicated as well. And um, just seems like we maybe lost our heads in, in the transfer market a bit the last maybe season and a half. And now we're uh, hopefully starting to sort it out. So uh, we will see. Um, hopefully now uh, a couple of, of easier questions um, in terms of, of what's going on. Uh, we'll just run through and we just need a name here for you. If you want to elaborate a little bit, feel free, but don't uh, don't feel pressured. Um, who do you think will be our highest scorer this season? I want to say Gaviadini, but I'm going to have to say Austin. Okay. Who uh, will have the most assists on the team? I'm going to tip him for glory and say Elianusi. All right. I like that. Player with the most total cards, yellow and red. Oh, it's got to be Ariel Romain. <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, <laughs> of course, that means you know he's gonna he's gonna play, which I I would like, and it's oh that well no not necessarily. I mean the rate he picks them up, he could just come on for twenty minutes as a sub and still get it. There you go. Uh, a little. I feel uh, like I feel like he's a player though that plays better when he's had a booking. Like he has to be on the edge. Yeah, like yeah. Uh, I feel yeah. like uh, you know, a couple of seasons ago, Wanyama just could not go. It seemed like thirty minutes without picking up a card. Um, and just steaming it. Yeah, tackles. and then he got like four reds as well, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. There was, I remember specifically somebody put out an awful cartoon of uh, of him getting red cards and Kuman yelling at him, and it was, uh, I don't know, it was borderline what I thought to be uh, racist, maybe, but uh, it 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 I don't know. People people liked it on Facebook or whatever the hell it was. So whatever. Um, player with the, who will play the most minutes for the club this year? You see, I was going to say McCarthy to this one. But I reckon Angus Gunn will get cut minutes. So on that basis, and given his immaculate injury record, I'm going to say Yannick Vestergaard. Oh, okay, yeah, that might might be good. And and as I'm as I'm writing these questions, I'm thinking like I think there are layers here. You could answer them just off the top of your head, but if you really kind of dig into it, it could be, uh, you know, who plays what what formation may may dictate some of that. Um, yeah. What player do you think misses the most games through injury? Yeah, I'm going to have to go with the blatantly obvious here and say Charlie Austin because I don't think he's on a significant period at Saints without a major injury and um, he's getting older now. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I just don't see that changing. Okay, all right. Uh, Unless, of course, we buy Danny Ings after all. <laughs> they'll just keep each other company in the training room. Um, yeah. Youth player most likely to have an impact on the first team. Um, do we still count Sims or is he too old? Uh, that's fine. He, he mostly has played for the youth Okay, team. I'll say Sims because we don't seem to be getting... I don't... Uh, I think targets lodged behind Bertrand unless Bertrand plays left in the back. So I've got to stay safe. The depth there out wide is not is not nearly as uh, I don't know prevalent as it is in central midfield. So it, you could see no. uh, Sims get an option there. So an opportunity, I guess. Um, what what new new signing do you think? You know, we've made four so far. So of course we could have others between the time uh, 
you know, either later this window or in January. But uh, which new signing do you think will have the the biggest impact on the team? I'm going to say Vestergaard based on the fact that a huge part of our problem last season, even when Hughes got scoring goals, was the lack of kind of presence at the back and a lack of leadership. So on the basis that he's massive and really good at shouting at people, so I hear, um, I'm going to say him. Yeah, yeah. Everything I've heard about him has been has been good. I'm, I'm after recording that, that episode where I talked to the, uh, the guys that have watched him over the past couple of seasons, I was, I couldn't help but just be excited. Um, and then of course he came in and made that horrible, uh, lunging sliding challenge. Yeah. Um, but it, Hey, he's just back. I'm writing it off and it's okay. We all make mistakes. Um, listen to every episode of this podcast and you will hear of them all. So, um, so uh, what what outgoing player do you think Saints will miss the most this season? Well, I think we've only had one sale that we really wouldn't have like, not necessarily have wanted, um, which was Dusan Palic. Uh-huh. So I'm going to say Dusan Palic. Um, I know people are very critical about him because he's been really inconsistent in the last few years. Yeah. But I think we saw under Mark Hughes that actually there was decent room for him to make a big contribution. And it was I thought it was a bit of a shame that he moved on. I can totally understand why he did. Yeah. But, um, I think that's that'll be the big miss. You even you, even with the the lone players, maybe you you still go do some Tadic? Yeah, just because I just don't think anyone considered those lone players as types that we'd have like relied upon okay. or wanted necessarily in the team. So yeah, yeah Tadic. Which one player, uh, if you're going to pick somebody, anybody just to watch this season? Uh, which one player are you kind of watching? I guess I'm quite excited about Elinusi. I think he's going to be the kind of sparky flair type that we possibly have missed at times um and, and kind of will get people off their seats that's what i'm hoping for okay all right now if i ask you to give me your starting formation uh i know i wrote down on the questions that i sent to you uh for burnley um but just imagine everybody world cup wise and everything everybody's back and everybody's healthy uh who who do you who would you start i guess uh, who would formation, I start? yeah, yeah. and and then and then we'll do the uh what, where you think hughes is going to go with it um, given that we've got Vestergaard in, and I felt like a lot of last season playing three four two one was partly because we didn't really have very good centre packs. Um, given that Vestergaard's come in, I'd go back to a back four and play a four three three. So I'd play Cedric um, Yoshida next to Vestergaard because if Vestergaard's got one clear weakness, it's a lack of mobility. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I thought Yoshida had an amazing World Cup, um, so it'd be good to reward that. I think. Um, and then obviously Bertrand at left back. I feel that's harsh on that target, and I know there's a lot of interest in him, but, but I think Bertrand's our best player, so you can't really leave him out. Um, and then I'd have a midfield three of if if Lamina's still here, Lamina, um, Hoybier, and Armstrong, which seems harsh on Romeu, and maybe Romeu works as better as a single pivot, but I find it very difficult to leave out any of the other three, so. Who knows? Maybe Romeo into Lamina and put Hoybier slightly wider. I don't know. And then, based on what we've got available at the moment, I'd have Gabbiadini up front with Elianusi and probably Redmond flanking him, maybe. But again, I'd rather not play Redmond if we can bring someone in. Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, and then, what do you think Hughes is going to do? Do you think he'll 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 go uh, what three five two or three? Four three or whatever it is. Yes, I think like a three four three or a three four two one, something like that. I think it'll be that. So I'm saying, sorry, I'm 
clarify, I'm allowed World Cup players, even if they might be a bit of a doubt for their first game. Sure, sure. Okay. Um, I'd have, so probably Cedric, Yoshida as the right centre-back, Vestergaard in the middle, probably Hoot as the left centre-back. And I know lots of people have been very critical of Hoot recently. And I have to be honest that I thought he'd come good, and I don't think, I'm not sure he is. Uh, but he is left-footed, and he has a, like, the one thing that he seems to have brought over from his game at Lazio is the ability to hit a long ball and have a good range of passing. So mm-hmm. I'm going to say hoot for the left at the back option, but I will totally accept if people hate that. And then I'd have Bertram just the left wing back. And then probably maybe Armstrong and Hoybier, maybe, just because I'm not sure I completely trust Lamina at the moment. Um, and I'm not sure Hughes does either. And then probably, again, Redmond and Elianusi either side of probably it'll be Charlie Austin for Hughes. I think Hughes likes Austin, seems to get on with him, rates him. Um, and I suppose he's a bit more of a kind of English traditional forward. So I think it'll be that. All right. Well, I mean, just when you go through the names like that, you know, it sounds more attacking even you know, than we had last year, like, especially the lineup that, that you named in your, in your four, three, three, like that just sounds like there's, there's a lot of pace. There's a lot of, of willingness to get forward from, from midfield. And um, yeah, it sounds, sounds good. I just hope that we can uh, control uh, the game against Derby County. We, we didn't uh, that's uh, and I saw, I remember last year uh, against West Ham and things like that. We were playing four, uh, four, four, two, um, we seem to struggle to to control games in the midfield a little bit. So I just hope that the whoever, whatever tweaks are there, uh, whether it's personnel or tactical, that, that that we can establish that. So, so yeah. Um, last question for you: uh, Where do you think we're going to finish this season? Yeah, this is a big one. Um, I'm optimistic that we'll get better. I'm not as optimistic as some are that we'll sort of recover to the levels that we were. Um, so I'm thinking somewhere in the third quarter of the table, um, probably in the middle somewhere. So twelve or thirteen, maybe. Okay, I think that's I think that's fair. Um, I think we're still a ways away from from really being able to to push really high up the table. Um, and I'm not even talking about Europe. I'm talking about eighth or so. I think that's a, that's asking a bit much. But but yeah, I think uh, I think somewhere between. I think I said I was asked and I said somewhere between 10th and 12th would probably be I'd be happy with with either of those at 10th I'd be pushing it probably uh, more likely 12th to 14th or so so um, I think I agree with you there um, it, do you have any final thoughts I know where I'm I don't want to rush you through this but we have a lot of uh, interviews going so did any, anything uh, anything else you'd like to, to say I think that the this part, like determining where we're going to finish, I think is quite difficult because you have teams like um, West Ham who have spent £95 million or whatever it is, and then you have teams like Palace and Burnley who don't seem to have done anything at all um, yet in the window. So um, I think at this stage, kind of like 10 days out from the window closing, it's actually quite difficult to determine where we'll end up. So that's definitely one to kind of keep an eye out on, I think. Because I think we'll see lots of late movement from various teams. Yeah, um, Burnley as a team, you know, they're going to be involved in in European competition, and they haven't done, I mean, anything. And they did, they already had a pretty small squad to begin with, so it's going to be 
uh, difficult to see those guys play Thursday, Sunday, and, and keep it up. So, but a good uh, good start for Saints though, if um, if they are playing yeah. Thursday. So. Yeah, yeah. I hope uh, I hope they either come back really dejected or just really tired. I don't. I think because I think they have to go to Turkey. I think. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, Istanbul. Yeah. So enjoy that. <laughs> right then. Um, although the weather in, in England is probably preparing them just fine for that recently. It's been, although, uh, yeah, it's been hot. We've just had a load of rain, so possibly not. Well, um, Lucy, uh, thank you so much for, for being willing to do this. I, I appreciate it. And uh, I look forward to having you on later in the season for, uh, for a regular episode. Cool. Great. Thank you for having me. All right. Have a good day. You too. I'd like to welcome back to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, Ben Hernandez-Stroud. He is on Twitter at The Archers Road End. He runs The Archers Road End blog, and we're here just to preview the season. Ben, welcome back. How are you? I'm good, Matt. How are you? I'm doing, I'm doing great. Uh, sun's not up yet. Uh, <laughs> second interview uh, so far today, and it's, I'm having a good day. Um, so before we, we jump into the questions, and, and they're going to be the same questions that I asked uh, Lucy, who, who was on before you, uh, assuming that I put this in the episode in order, which I think I will it's just easier that way. Um, you know, what, what is the Archer's Road End and, and what, what, what can people expect if they, if they go visit, uh, the blog? Yeah. Well, the Archer's Road End, it's on, it's on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We've got a blog. Um, it's a quarterly blog and I, I try to use it as, as a, as a platform and really kind of a pause for breath and a review of what's happened with a little bit of what's to come around the football club. So, yep, we're talking about what's going on on the pitch, but more reviewing it and what's going on within the club and really kind of trying to make sense of it, taking a deep breath and trying, trying to take a rational uh, stance on it, um, which can be difficult at times because football is an inherently emotional uh, beast and being a football supporter is a, you know, a, a kind of real trial at times of, you know, it, it, it can be quite emotionally draining. So I try to kind of present kind of quite a, a relaxed and rational view um, of, of, of the club's kind of uh, goings on, on and off the pitch. Um, and I, yeah, I hope I do that. I, I, I spend a lot of time on, time on there on, on Twitter uh, chatting as well, but that's basically what I do. It's a quarterly blog. All right, all right. I'm a uh, frequent visitor uh, of the blog. I enjoy it, and uh, I look forward to uh, when you do post. Um, so, so just to start, you look at the team now, where we're at, and this is, you know, this is July 30th. So there is still time left in the transfer window. We there are rumors out there of people leaving, but I'm not sure, you know, what credence to give that. So as of right now, attack, midfield, defense, or goalkeeping. Uh, where do you think Saints FC are the strongest? Where we are the strongest? That's a good question. Um, I think that we have a good degree of strength and depth in in our goalkeeping department. I think that we have uh, two very good goalkeepers. I think that Gunn's an excellent signing. I think McCarthy's a great first choice. Um, yes, Forster's probably going to go out on loan, but we have other keepers at the club who can step up into that into that third choice. But you know that third choice. Position two, I think we have a strong defence. Maybe we're a little light, you know, in and around Cedric's position on the right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can see Harrison Reed dropping into that position at some point in the season. I think that he's going to be kind of utilised a lot more as a utility player, either playing across the defensive midfield or on the right-hand side um, this season. Um, we, we have a very strong midfield. 
genuinely think that we have one of the best midfields in and amongst kind of the second tier of Premier League teams. So I think we're very much in kind of the middle tier of Premier League teams. Uh, I think we've got some really good attacking depth there. You know, Elianusi is a great signing. Um, I think that Redmond uh, playing in a more attacking uh, lineup is going to have a, a better season this season. I think that we'll have a good season in midfield, and I'm really happy with uh, obviously Stuart Taylor coming in. He's he's Stuart Taylor. Um, I've got that Taylor. What was his first name again? Stuart. No, it's Stuart Armstrong. Stuart Armstrong. I've just said Stuart Taylor. I'm obsessed with the man. Sorry. It's all right. Um, I, I, I could not, I couldn't get it out of my head either. Isn't once you said it, it was like, Oh yeah, wait, no, wait. <laughs> I, 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 I just like squad players with good hair. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I, but I, I think that Stuart Armstrong's going to be a great, uh, good, good signing. We're buying potential again, which is great. Striking. I think we're a bit light, you know, but that's, you look at, uh, every club in the Premier League and what are they looking for? What the fans are clamouring for, y- you know, everyone wants a proven Premier League goal scorer or a proven 10 to 15, 15 to 20 goal a season striker. It's the hardest ro- role to fill, which is why, you know, any half decent striker can, can, you know, be shifted around for 20 to 30 million pounds. So, I think we see Austin or Gabby starting for our first choice strikers um, with Long plus one more. Um, I think Gallagher's probably the most likely to go because he's at this stage where I think as a as a player to, you know, in terms of development, I think that he'll want to go on and, and be playing week in, week out, and he's not going to get that here. Right. Um, so I think he'll go to a championship side. And I think we're signing another striker. But I think the fans may be a bit surprised and disappointed because personally, I don't think it's going to be a, uh, you know, I don't think it's going to be a, here's someone who's going to go into the starting lineup and get us 10, 15 goals a season. I think we're by potential again. Yeah. Um, I, I think we're by a young striker with the potential to do that um, because we already have two strikers who, should be hitting or being in and around their prime in Austin and, and, and Gabbiadini. And then we have long backing that up. We can play across the front line and fill in in different positions as well, you know, play out wide on occasion too. So I think we'll, be, we're, we'll have Gallagher out and buy another player with a bit more potential to score goals, which is, you know, why the, the link to the striker from Bruges is, 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 is kind of, I think, a pretty, you know, a pretty solid one. But I think it all depends. You know, agents will drag this one out because it's in their interest to get a high fee for a player on deadline day now. So, you know, I think that's what we'll see. Yeah. I mean, if you look back last year, just to go back to the everybody wants a, a 15 to 20 goal striker. Um, you know how many people actually scored 15 or more goals last year in the Premier League? Oh, you've got this. You've got this stat. Please tell me. Seven. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, yeah, literally everybody wants it. That's great. I mean, I want a lot of things, but you know, uh, I don't see us signing Lacazette and he didn't even get there. You know, uh, it's Firmino, Lukaku, Sterling, Vardy, Aguero, Kane, Salah. That's it. Not Eden Hazard, not Riyad Mahrez, uh, not, not anybody else. So, uh, and how much are those players worth on the market? You know, you're looking at those players and you're going, right. Okay. Kane, 
he's you know he's 80 million plus at the moment with the contract he's on mm-hmm. you, you know you, you've got sterling you've got all all of these players they're all 50 million plus and 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 we don't have the means to do that which is why we have to you know we have to try and sell smart and buy with potential right um you know and and look at our record of when we sign players who are over 15 million pounds pretty patchy to say the least <laughs> Buffal, um, you know those 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 are those are those are two for, uh, to use as an example who were, uh, you know, hardly the most successful signings. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess up until this point now in the, in the market, um, yeah, obviously with a few days left. Um, how do you feel about the work the team has done or the club has done so far uh, this season, bringing in uh, you know, the four signings that we that we mentioned, you know, Vestergaard, El Nusi. Um, Armstrong and Gunn. Yeah, I think the club's done it. I, I, I'm pleased with it. Um, like I said, I think there's one more deal to be done, but I think we've had some good ins and outs. Um, I think the biggest challenge has been to try and move on some of the high-earning underperformers, if I'm honest. You know, we still need to get Forster off the wage bill. We've got Buffal out. We've got Clazzy in, who uh, should never have been signed. I think that, that that's, that, you know, physically he was never up to it, and that was a Cumin signing. Um, so I think we've had a good summer. Um, and I think that what, I think we have to be careful when people start to say we need to show up more ambition in, in the transfer market because show ambition, I've I've kind of found as, as amongst kind of certain sections of the support show ambition is just code for spend more money. And, uh, I think that we've seen palace a, lot, a couple of seasons ago, a ridiculous amount of money has that improved their league position in any way shape or form hasn't uh you know they're in and and now they're 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 having to cut their cloth accordingly so yeah i think the business that we've done is good and i think one more player in and a couple more out and i think that we'll that we'll be we'll be all set but i'm really pleased with the signings that we have made all right i think they're all good signings all right Let's run through some of these uh, some of these questions now. Just need a name if you want to elaborate a little bit. Feel free, but don't 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 feel right. pressured. Um, sure. Highest scorer for the team this season? Highest scorer for the team this season. I am going to go with uh, Austin if he stays fit. All right. Player with the most assists. Play, player with the most assists this season. I'm going to go with Mo Elianusi. I think he's going to do really well this season. Player with the most cards, both yellow and red combined. Oh, Oriol. It's going to be Ray. He gets booked every game. <laughs> seems like uh, it. Seems like it. Uh, without a chance of a doubt. Who will play the most minutes for the club this year? All competitions. Most minutes for the club in all competitions. Um, I think that's going to be McCarthy. Okay. Player who will miss the most matches through injury. Oh, uh, I think that that's a toss up between uh, Lamina or Austin. Oh, Lamina. Um, yeah. Which youth player do you think will have uh, the greatest impact on the first team? That's an interesting one. I think that I, I think that we have to cut out talking about James Ward Prowse as a youth team player now because I think he's a first team player now. Yeah. Um, I would probably say it'll either be. Um, Matt Target or Harrison Reed. Okay. This season, yeah. All right. Um, what about a new signing that will have the biggest impact? Uh, I think Elianusi. I think he's going to be a very good player for us. Um, 
it just seems to have the the physique and the creativity that 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 we've needed and maybe kind of a bit more of the drive yeah yeah um which outgoing player so either uh on loan or tadich who has been sold uh which outgoing player do you think saints will miss most during this year oh i think i think tadich i think i think dusan got a lot of uh very unreasonable criticism in some quarters uh for his performances He's the reason that game against that game against Bournemouth, uh, when we won two one, a lot of people say it's Gabbiadini's goal against Swansea. Yeah, that that actually kept us up. Yeah, that's fine. But I think that Tadic's performance against Bournemouth is the reason we're still here in the Premier League. Yeah. And I think on his day he can create performances like that, and he can pick the he picked the game up by the scruff of the neck there, and absolutely owned it and I, I, th- I think I think that I think that we'll we'll really miss him um, and I think he, he, he was a good servant to the club for the four seasons he was here and uh, yeah I, 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 I think we're missing but Elianusi is a good replacement all right all right do you, do you think Hughes is going to go with the uh, with the wingback situation I mean it seems like it but uh, is that is that what you see him doing as well yeah I think he'll go with that. I think that's what he's been lining up, and I think that's what he's been looking to do. Um, and I think that that's traditionally that that works well for us. Yeah. Um, where do you see us finishing this season? Um, I would be happy with another, just another season in the Premier League after this season and a cup run. That's what I'd be happy with. Um, I think that I look back and. Thinking back to, I'm just thinking back to four years ago when we sold Lalana, Lambert, Lovren, and Shaw, lost Rodriguez to injury, lost Pochettino, um, Morgan Schneidlin went on strike, and we brought in Tadic, Pella, Mane, Alderweireld, and had Koeman as manager. Mm-hmm. It was an incredibly turbulent summer, and I think that if you would have asked many fans at the start of that season what they would have been happy with. The answer would have been 17th, happy with just surviving. And obviously, we went on to absolutely thrive that season. Right. A fantastic season. Um, and expectations were raised internally and externally. And I think that we're coming back down to earth now. And I think that reality is starting to set in again. And I'm not sure. I know football's escapism, but I do think you have to take that escapism with a pinch of reality. We are a mid to lower level Premier League team. And the glass ceiling at the top of the league means that unless we you know, unless we have a significant injection of funds or we're we're bought by, you know, uh we're you know, we're bought by the Saudi royal family or, or something like that, we're not gonna get much beyond that. Um you know, we're the 19th, people say we're the 18th or 19th richest club in the world. We should be spending lots of big bucks. I think our argument's pretty baseless when you consider the clubs that are above us. <laughs> you know, the, the, the 17, you know, 17 or 18 clubs above us. Um, they've got significantly more money than us. And, you know, it, it doesn't really mean anything for us to be 18th. Um, and I, I, you know, I'd just be happy with a really good uh, season. Yeah, I'd be happy with an, an interesting season. I'd be happy with one that ends with us staying in the league and a decent cup run. 
and see kind of a couple of players emerging. Yeah, I think that's I think that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Um, all right, well, that's all the questions I have, Ben. Um, Thank you. And, and once again, you are at the Archers Road End on Twitter. Uh, you're also on Instagram and on Facebook, and the blog is the Archers Road End. Is it .com or .co.uk? I forget. There's the Archers Road End uh, .wordpress.com. Okay, there it is. Um, all right, and we'll put all the links to those things in the show notes so people can click on it, uh, find it easily. And uh, thank you for your time, Ben. I appreciate it. Oh, I really appreciate it. Thank you, Matt. No problem. We'll talk to you next time. We'd like to welcome back to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, Chris Hughes. He's on Twitter at Chris Hughes1996. He is the site expert for fan-sided Saints Marching, which is at Saints Marching underscore on Twitter. Um, Chris, welcome back to the show, and thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me on again, mate. No, no problem. Um, so this episode, we're just looking ahead to the, to the season that is coming. We are recording uh, July 30th, so there is still some time in the window. So um, between now and the time that this comes out, of course, things might change, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll hope that our predictions are still, are still there. So uh, what we're going to do is we're just kind of run through these questions a little bit. Uh, but before we do that, why don't you tell us just a little bit about uh, Saints marching and, and what people can expect when they when they show up to the site or see you on Twitter or, or all of that stuff. Well, yeah, um, we're a part of the fan sided network, as you mentioned. So there's about a good probably 300 individual blogs. And obviously our one covers Southampton. Um, and we kind of try our best to provide our audience with daily content. We look at obviously breaking news, rumors, things like that. But I think our the strongest content that we push out is analysis based. Uh, last time that me and you spoke, I was the only uh, editor, but since then, one of the writers, Mark, has uh, stepped up to be my co-expert, so we're actually pushing out more and more content than we were before. Sometimes we might only get one piece out a day, two pieces the next, but we're averaging more around 75 articles a month now rather than about 50, so you know, we're trying to get as much covered as possible because sometimes I would kind of miss you know, a piece of news here or there, whereas I think we're becoming are better at challenging some of the, the best Southampton fan sites are actually reporting on news as well as providing our own scope on things. All right. All right. People can follow that. The link is in the show notes. Um, you know, check it out. And um, are you guys still accepting writers? Uh, I know sometimes you're looking for them and sometimes you're full, but where are you guys yeah, at on that Yeah, right no, we definitely are at the moment. We had uh, quite a few. We had a team of about six or seven towards the end of last season and a couple of our writers left because they graduated their uni course. Dan Hargraves was one of our more consistent writers and he's obviously stepped up now to be the editor for Talk Saints' site. So we obviously he left and we had a couple of writers step down. So we've taken on about three or four over the summer who are going to start kind of hopefully pumping out regular content when the season starts again. But no, we're always looking for, uh, for more writers to take our content to the next level. All right, all right. So uh, if you're interested in writing, get in contact and uh, yeah. Um, now uh, we'll run through these questions. So let's start here with attack, midfield, defense, goalkeeping. Where do you think Saints are the strongest right now? Uh, I would say either the center of defense or the center of midfield. I think our defenders were already, we already had like a really good core of central defenders, but we lacked kind of a physical player. And obviously with Vestergaard, who we uh, signed about just under a month ago. He kind of was that one missing piece because we had quite a lot of defenders who were more, you know, able to bring the ball under well and distribute it nicely, but we lacked that real aerial presence. Mm-hmm. 
And I think in midfield, we already have four really decent uh, players, obviously in Lamina, Hoiberg, Davis and uh, Romeo. But obviously we've added Armstrong, who you know is a little bit more attacking, but he's got a real nice engine on him. And although I expect Reed to play more as a backup right wing back, we've obviously had him come back from loan. So I think you know we're really deep in both of those two positions in whatever formation we want to play. Um, where do you think we're lacking right now? Where do you think we're looking the weakest or like we need improvement? Well, hopefully we aren't done with our transfer business. Obviously, as you said, this is July the 30th. So we've got kind of what, uh, 10 days or so left to bring in some fresh faces. But I think at this point, despite the fact that we only have three out and out wingers, I would say our weakest point for me is actually up front. I think Sam Gallagher looks more likely that he's going to leave rather than stay. And then it leaves us with three forwards. Austin, who, whilst I love him, he, you know, he's so injury prone. The reality is he may spend two or three months out next season on the sidelines. Gabby Adini, who, again, I like, but he's better in a two-man strike force than he is leading the line on his own. And then obviously Shane Long, who, you know, whilst he works really hard, again, he's not, he's not a prolific striker. So I think... If I were the Southampton board in this situation, I think I'd be prioritising signing a striker, you know, before, between now and the end of the window. But as I said, we do only have three wingers, so it'd be nice to see us sign another one. But at the end of the day, we have seen Mark Hughes play three-five-two so far right. in pre-season, and we can easily play that if we don't have enough natural wingers. Whereas if we don't have, you know, a prolific striker, then we're really going to struggle again. Uh-huh. How do you feel about uh, the work the club has done in the transfer market so far? How would you rate uh, the incomings and outgoings uh, to this point? I would say if you sort of asked me about two weeks ago when we just signed those four players in a fortnight or whatever, I would have said brilliant. But now I'm starting to worry that it might be if we had to not sign anyone else, then I would call it incomplete. I think we needed Gunn, we needed Vestergaard because, you know, I think Forster is going to go and we needed the aerial presence. You know, and I like the arrivals of Armstrong and El Yanusi, but I think we need another winger and we do really, really desperately need a new striker. And I think at this point, we might have lost out one of the players that I really liked was um, the Iranian winger who joined Brighton. I'm not going to attempt to say pronounce his name because I'll only butcher it. But yeah. uh, he was a player who I thought would be really good down the right for us. Um, and he's gone. But in reality, when you look at the kind of strikers that we were thinking about South, like who we think Southampton could sign at the start of the summer. You look at Dost, you look at Nikolai Jorgensen, you look at Max Gomez, you look at players like that, they're all still available. So I think between now and August the 9th, we need to sign at least two more players for it to be really successful. But I am definitely happy with the players that we've brought in so far. All right, all right. These next couple of questions are just a name. If you want to elaborate a little bit, that's great. If not, no worries. Uh, no pressure either way. Um, so who do you think will be our highest scorer this season? Uh, if he stays fit, Charlie Austin. If we sign a new striker, potentially him. But I don't see it being Gabby Adini, unlike some people have said. Okay. Um, player with the most assists on the team? Uh, I think it will be El Yanusi. I think he'll replace Tadic in terms of the player that we've run a lot of our offense through. So... I think he'll have the ball at his feet a lot and hopefully should provide some assists off that. Player with the most cards, yellow and red combined? Uh, obvious answer would be Romeo, but I see I can see Hoiberg and Lamina playing more, so either them or someone like Vestergaard at the back. Okay. 
Um, and yeah, that was one of the things I was thinking of as we were going through the questions is, you know, who, who gets into the team, what formation is it? I think it all plays a, a, a part. So, um, who do you think will play the most minutes for the club this year in all competitions? I'm going to say Vestergaard again. I think we, we lacked his style of defender so much and I can't see another player being so natural as a middle center back in a back three besides him. So I can see him playing the majority for us. a uh, player who will miss the most through injury. It's got to be Charlie Austin. <laughs> yeah. I, I, as I was writing that question and every time I ask it, I'm like, I should not be asking that question, but it's, I think it's, I think it's horrible, it's, but it is obvious. <laughs> yeah. Um, youth player most likely to have an impact on the first team. I'd like to say Josh Sims. I think there's no better season for him to make an impact. I think El Yanusi is our natural first choice left winger. But besides him, I think Sims is probably the best because I'd like to see Redmond play more on the right side. So, yeah, hopefully Josh Sims will have a bigger impact this season than he has before. Yeah, and you did point out the, the lack of depth out wide so that the, the opening is there. Yeah. Um, which new signing do you think will have the, the biggest impact? You kind of alluded to, to Elianusi being uh, maybe the new Tadic in, in that role. So do you think it's going to be him or do you think maybe uh, Armstrong has a chance to, to, to be that guy? I think Armstrong will surprise us the most, I think, out of the new signings because obviously he's the least kind of, you know, he came for the, the smallest fee and he's not as, uh, you know, he's not a creative, skillful Norwegian like El Yanusi is. You know, he's a Scottish midfielder, so we don't think he's going to bring a lot to the team, but I think he will. Uh, but I still think that El Yanusi will provide us with hopefully like a good seven, eight goals and assists okay. as in, individually. So I'd like to say him, but... I'm confident that Vestergaard will, you know, really be a rock in our defence. So either of the two of them. Okay. Uh, which player are you most looking forward to watching this season? I think there's again, there's quite a few options. I think if Redmond plays on the right and he's kind of drifted out that way in preseason, then he could hopefully have a really good campaign. But for me, I think Jan Bednarek is the player to watch. I think for me at this point in time, he's my choice to play on the right side of a defensive three. And I think if he can get 25, 30 games under his belt this season, he could flourish into a really accomplished centre-back. All right. Um, now, we've sent several players out on loan. We've got a lot of money out on loan. Uh, Tadic has been sold. And, you know, of all of the players that are, out, that are outgoing, uh, which do you think Saints will miss the most? It's tough. I think if we don't sign a striker, then I think it may be Carrillo that we miss because even though he didn't enjoy a good six months, we would still, you know, he still provided a physical presence. You know, I remember his assist against Burnley where he like nodded it down for Gaviadini and all mm -hmm. that. Um, but at the same time, Buffal, despite his attitude, he, he did add a spark when he really had his mind set to it. And, you know, granted him and Hughes fell out, but, you know, there were just times when you think about that goal against West Brom and I'm sure there were other occasions, but that was obviously the standout one where he just, you know, he was able to literally turn the game on its head. So I think, you know, we may miss him at times this season. Again, you know, if we don't sign another winger, then I think we could miss him at times. Okay. All right. Um, and getting towards the end here, give me your preferred formation. And then who do you think starts, assuming everybody's fit? Um, and then after that, tell me what you think uh, Hughes will do or how maybe you think he'll differ from that. Uh, I think... I would like to see us, as we have in preseason, rotate between a 3-4-3 or like a 3-4-2-1 and then a 3-5-2. I think 
the 3-5-2 is more defensive because we'd have Armstrong playing behind the two forwards, whereas a 3-4-2-1 would maybe be when we're trying to go for a win a bit more. Um, I think my starting lineup depends on whether Cedric is fully fit. I mean, we have, was it two more preseason friendlies between the start of now, between now and the start of new season? So mm-hmm. hopefully he'll be fit. So assuming Cedric plays, I'd like to see McCarthy in goal. I would go with Bertrand, Vestergaard and Bednarek as my back three with Target and Cedric as the wide players, Hoiberg and Lamina in the middle and then El Yanusi. And assuming we don't sign anyone, God forbid, Redmond and Austin as the other two. But if we sign a new winger and a new striker, then I'd like to see potentially those two get the nod depending on their fitness. Okay. All right. Um, do you think Hughes will, will, will do something like that or do you think he'll, he'll change it up a bit? Well, so far in pre-season, we've played that way. And the way that we've signed Vestergaard without looking like we're going to sell another centre-back suggests that we will need, obviously, a centre-back heavy formation like a three or five of the back. So, right. you know, I think we still have the possibility of switching to like a 3-4, uh, sorry, a 4-3-2-1 or a 4-2-3-1 uh, kind of formation because if Cedric isn't available, Bednarek and Stevens can fill in as the right back. Uh-huh. And then we could have something like Armstrong in the middle, Redmond out wide with Oyunusi on the other, and then whoever it be up front. But I think based on the players that we've signed, you look at Armstrong's work rate, you look at the fact that Oyunusi will like to play in the hole. You look at Vestergaard, who's like a middle of a three centre back. I think it, it everything points towards the fact that a three, four, a three, four, three or a three, five, two formation will be how that Southampton will set up this year. All right. All right. Um, based on that, where do you think we will finish this season? I think if we don't sign anyone else, I struggle to see us finishing above 14th or so, because I think, as I said, right at the very start, in terms of our weakness up front, I think if we are without Austin, we're trying to rotate between Gabby, Adini and Long, then we're going to struggle to score. And I think that's when we'll slip down the table. If, however, between now and August 9th, we do bring in another striker, another winger, both or either. I can see us hopefully finishing around 11th or 12th. The issue is, is that irregardless of how good our business has been so far, a lot of the teams who would push for the top half with us have also done really well. You look at the fact that West Ham, are, yeah. I'm pretty sure West Ham has spent the second most of any team so far behind Liverpool. We've spent about 80 million or something ridiculous. You know, Everton have obviously bought in Richarlison for nearly... 50 million when you consider all the add-ons. Wolves themselves actually look really good. Fulham got promoted have bought in both Schuller and that Seri from Nice. Mm-hmm. So, you know, every team around us is doing really well. Leicester obviously signed Madison, the guy that we were apparently linked with bidding for at one point. So right. I think it's going to be tight up there. I don't think there's an obvious team that's going to finish 7th, 8th, ninth, whatever. And hopefully we'll be up there, but I said last season, I said we'd finish ninth and we got 17th or whatever. So I'm <laughs> going to be a little less optimistic and say either 11th or 12th at this point. All right. All right. That sounds good. Um, well, that does it for, for the questions that I have. I appreciate your time, Chris. Um, no worries, mate. Where can people follow you uh, both personally and in the account again? Just one more time. Uh, well, you can follow me personally at Chris Hughes 1996 or the Saints Marching account is at Saints Marching with an underscore underneath. All right. Uh, at and, the end, I beg your pardon. Yeah. yeah. And uh, all the links to those are in the show notes so people can uh, click and, and go easily to them. Uh, I would encourage people to do that. And, and Chris, thank you so much for your time. I, I do appreciate it. Not a problem. Saints, oh, Saints, oh, Saints, oh, Saints, oh, Saints.
We'd like to welcome back to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, Richard Brereton. He's on Twitter at Richard Brer. Uh, Richard, you've been here before. Uh, I met up with you when I was in London. Uh, thank you for, for the coffee and uh, welcome back to the show. And thanks for joining me. No, thank you very much for having me back on. Ah, my, my pleasure. It's always, uh, always good to talk. So, so how, how's life? How's, how are things going uh, in your end? And it's been warm in London, but now I understand based on my other conversations that it's a bit uh, cloudy again, but uh, how's it going? Yeah, not too bad. It's been a, been a good summer with the World Cup and the weather. So yeah, it's been, it's been pretty fun. But as you say, it's getting a bit cold, a bit windy at the moment. So uh, yeah, hopefully the, uh, the weather improves again soon and just in time for the football season to start. Yeah, yeah. Not, not quite cricket weather for you right now, is it? Uh, it, well, I'm playing this evening, so, um, it, it better be. <laughs> All right. Well, well, good luck with that. Um, Thank you. I won't keep you too long here. Just got some questions for, for people. And, um, just to jump right in here, um, between attack, midfield, defense, and goalkeeping, where do you think Saints FC are the strongest right now? Um, I'd say probably, um, central midfield. We're fairly well stocked in that area with good kind of different options, providing no one leaves. Uh, I think arguably goalkeeper, we're pretty well stopped at the moment. Um, it sounds like Forster's due to, due to head off, but with McCarthy's performances last season and Gunn's reputation, I think we're, we're pretty well stopped in that area. Uh, where we're lacking, um, I think possibly, uh, defense. Obviously we haven't we've signed Vestigard, but we haven't seen much of him so far. Uh, and there's still big question marks over uh, Wesley Hoot, Jack Stevens, um, and to a lesser extent, Bednarek, who's uh, played well for us, but we've still only seen him in a handful of games. So um, in addition to that, I think the absence of a backup to, to Cedric leaves us vulnerable in that area. But uh, looks like players like Ward Prowse, Reed, maybe even Long might deputise for him. But um, I suppose we'll have to see how that goes if and when the time comes. Yeah, yeah. And depending on how you line up, if you play like more three, four, three, less five, three, two or, or, or whatever, you, you have more options, I guess, to, to fill in there, you know, uh, long yes. could, could play on the, on the, on the right-hand side, not necessarily as a wing back, but as a wide player. Um, yeah. although true wingers were, I, I would say we're maybe lacking a little bit too. So, um, yes. So yeah. Um, and we're probably a, a striker short as well still. Yeah. Um, yeah. Obviously Carrillo came in to supposedly solve that problem last year and, we all saw that how that turned out, and obviously he's gone, but we still haven't brought somebody else in. So, yeah, we're still one striker short on where we've been for the last um, kind of year, two years. So, I think we need to sort that one out as a matter of priority. Yeah, yeah. and just a little bit more on that. Uh, to this point, I mean, uh, we're recording on on July thirtieth, so there's still time in the transfer window a little bit. But um, how how do you feel about the club's work in the transfer market so far? Um, I think it's been been reasonably good obviously it, it started off quite quickly we had that flurry over a week two weeks where we had several players go out on loan we had LUC, Vestergaard, Gunn come in uh, obviously Armstrong a little bit before that um, but it's died down a little bit since then um, I think there were uh, quotes from somewhere I can't remember where it was that um, because the squad's so big now we need to get rid of players first in order to bring more in um, so I think probably work still to do on getting Forster out, maybe one or two others um, before uh, before moving on another player. Also, I think the fact that it's still the striker we're looking for, that's one of the most sought-after positions for kind of any club. Um, so they're the kind of deals that are going to go towards the wire in the transfer window as agents try and play clubs off against each other and try and get the best deal for uh, best deal for their clients. Similarly, the, the selling clubs will do the same. So 
um, I think any any move an attacking player will be right towards the end of the window. All right, all right. So so now just a, a couple of questions that you know, just a name if you want to elaborate a little bit, feel free, but don't don't feel pressured to do so either way. Um, who do you think is going to be our highest scorer uh, this season? Um, if he stays fit, Charlie Austin. Um, I think, well, we've, we've seen what he can do in the past when he does play. So, um, yeah, it all hinges on that. But otherwise, it's, it's going to have to be Gabbiadini. That's all we've already got at the moment. Yeah, okay. Uh, which player do you think will wind up with the most assists at the end of the year? Um, looking from the limited amount we've seen of him preseason, it looks like Stuart Armstrong's got a good eye for a pass. So I'd say uh, probably him if he can adapt and settle in well. Which player will have the most cards, both yellow and red combined, at the end of the season? Uh, Romeo, without a doubt. I think it's always him. Um, which player do you think will play the most minutes for the club uh, this season? Um, this one was slightly harder. I think probably one of Yashida or Romeo. Um, I would have gone for McCarthy, but I can see a situation where McCarthy gets um, replaced by Gunn halfway through the season, so they play about half each. All right, yeah, we, I've seen, uh, we've had arguments for McCarthy getting it um, or not based on cup games and other things. Uh, but midfield, man, that could be... I, I, Romeo, I would say, is the one true holding midfielder, but uh, it depends on, on, on what we do uh, that midfield because it is, it is crowded. So, um, yeah, and, or, and then, or Cedric. Cedric, I suppose, is the other one. Oh, but yeah. If he stays yeah. fit, we'll, we'll, we'll play every minute because we haven't really got anyone else. Sure, sure. Um, which player is, do you think, will miss the most time through injury? Uh, Charlie Austin. <sighs> <laughs> nothing really to be said. Yeah, yeah. Um, which youth player most likely to have an impact on the first team this year? Um, I'd like it to be Hesketh, and I'd probably have said him for the last two years, maybe. Um, but he through injury or uh, kind of lack of favor of these players by various managers doesn't seem to have made the step up yet. But hopefully, um, hopefully this year with a bit of stability with Hughes, he can be uh, given the chance to shine. I think he did pretty well in that South Shields tournament that the, the youth team went up and played at. So hopefully he can get some minutes and show what he can do. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, which new signing, uh, you know, we have four at the moment. Uh, which of them do you think will have the biggest impact on the team? Um, I'd like to say um, El Yunusi. Um, I haven't seen much of him, but he was pretty good in the few kind of Champions League games against the English teams. Um, and we've been crying out for that sort of pacey, uh, pacey wide player. So hopefully he can be the biggest difference and replace something, well, add something that we were missing last season. All right. Uh, which player, if there's one, uh, are you most looking forward to watching this, this season? Um, I'd probably say uh, El Yunusi. Um, just we saw saw what he did against uh, against City. Um, so yeah, uh, interested to see what he can do in the Saints shirt. Um, thought the same of Buffal when he came, and obviously that didn't didn't turn out well. So hopefully El Yunusi can can do the business. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Looking at outgoing players, and and I, I guess we can throw Tadic in here. I know the original question that I had just had loan players, but uh, Tadic or any of the outgoing loan players, uh, who do you think we're going to miss the most? Um, well, Tadic, when I saw the original question, my answer was going to be none of them. Because um, I think all the players <laughs> we lo- loaned out were surplus to requirements. But um, yeah, Tadic was obviously big for us. He clearly wants to go back to Holland and play in a league where he, know he knows he can do really well and finish his career on a high. So don't begrudge him the move, but I do still think we'll miss him because as frustrating as he could be at times, he was really, really good when he was on it. Yeah, absolutely. Starting formation now. Uh, assume, I guess, that everybody's fit. 
what formation uh, would you go with? And then I guess you can tell me how that would that would differ from uh, what you actually think Hughes will do uh, when the time comes. Um, so I'll, I'd go with uh, kind of three at the back, two two wing, wing backs and the two holding midfielders, um, and then probably two attacking midfielders behind the striker. Um, I think Hughes will go for something similar, but he may be tempted just to play the, the kind of one attacking midfielder and, and two strikers. Okay. Um, but in terms of sort of personnel, I'd go for McCarthy and goal, um, Yashida, Vestergaard, and probably just Hoot over Bednarek because of his, uh, the fact that he's left-footed. Uh-huh. Um, Cedric, if he's fit and available to play the first game, he might not be. So if not, one of Ward-Prowse or Reed on the right, Bertrand on the left, Romeo and Hoiberg in centre midfield, uh, and then Armstrong and Elianusi behind Austin. That sounds sounds good. I like that. Yeah, I was I was torn between whether to do kind of Austin and Gabbiadini as a two with with Armstrong or Elianusi behind, but I'd like to see those two attacking midfielders play together um, and create a few more chances. All right, all right. Where do you where do you see us finishing this season uh, based on kind of everything as it stands right now? Um, I think we'll be somewhere kind of tenth to twelfth region, um, kind of possibly sort of tenth down to fourteenth. Um, I don't think we'll be in a kind of the full scale relegation relegation scrap that we were in last year. But equally, I don't think we're ready enough to to bounce straight back into the top ten now. So I think somewhere comfortably mid table by the end. All right, all right. Any, any kind of final thoughts that, that kind of wraps up my questions? Not really. I think the, the main kind of thought or concern at the moment is the, the weakness in that striker area. So if we can bring another player in there, um, then I think we're in reasonable shape going forward. But um, it'll be interesting to see how the, the various new players can gel and if they can, or Vestergaard can source out the, the issues in the air defensively. Um, and El Yunusi and Armstrong, if they can help sort out our issues with creating chances. So, um, I think it really hinges on how well and how quickly those players develop as to how the season starts for us. All right. All right. Well, that all sounds good, man. I, I appreciate your time. People can find you on Twitter at Richard Brer. Uh, link yep. to that is in the show notes. Good luck with, uh, with cricket tonight. Uh, I still Thank have you. no idea how it's scored. Um, <laughs> That's all right. It's, uh, Lots of people don't. It's, yeah, I, I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> don't right. worry about it. All right, wait a minute. We'll have a good evening. Thank you. You too. All right. Just a quick second before we get back to the second part of the show. Uh, I just wanted to take a second to introduce to you uh, two new Saints podcasts that are here for the 2018-2019 season. And first up is the In That Number podcast. Uh, Ray, a Saints fan of Southampton, and Kevin, a Saints fan from Moscow, uh, have teamed up to launch a brand new podcast. It's the In That Number podcast. It's at number podcast on Twitter. It's a short weekly podcast full of saints banter. Uh, so be sure to check it out. The links to both their Twitter account and their first episode are in the show notes. Go ahead, make sure you are not missing out. Give it a shot. See if you like it. The other new podcast that's out there is the six Oh saints podcast. Uh, that is a fan call in show. So they take your calls. Uh, imagine the ugly inside, but without having to put your face on YouTube. So maybe you can't get down to the games or you've always walked by Freddie and you just haven't really been able uh, to, to, to muster up the courage to do it. You can do this from the comfort of your home on your telephone. Uh, make it nice and easy for you. You can voice your opinion on what's going on, uh, all that sort of thing. So uh, follow along. Their first episode is also out. The links are in the show notes as well as the links to their Twitter profile. Uh, and the Twitter profile has the number that you need to text 
to get in contact with them and book your time on the show. So all of that said, let's get back to the second part of the show. Big deep breath. Here we go. We'd like to welcome back to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, Luke Osman. He's on Twitter at LukeOsmanRS. Uh, you've probably uh, heard his voice, uh, seen his writing, uh, and seen him on Twitter. Uh, but Luke, welcome back to the show, and uh, thanks for joining me to give me kind of your uh, season preview. Oh, thank you very much for having me. All right. And uh, you did just celebrate a birthday, so so happy uh, belated birthday. And uh, by the time this episode comes out, it will be slightly more belated, but still uh, recent. So uh, congratulations on uh, the, the big one in terms of uh, being a UK citizen. If you were in the United States, you'd still have three more years before you could uh, enjoy all of the finer things of life, but it's okay. <laughs> thank you very much. Thank you. Um, all right. So like with with that out there, um, give us, uh, can you just kind of fill us in a little bit about about your writing and about uh, Reed Southampton just a little bit in case people uh, are maybe not uh, as aware of, of it as maybe they we would expect them to be at this point? Yeah. So I work as a football content executive for Fresh Press Media. Um, and in doing so, I write a lot for Reed Southampton. I'm an editor of the site. So that that covers sort of that collates all of the news regarding Southampton and uh, when the season sort of gets going, it's a lot of match day content, like predicted lineups and match rating pieces and that. Um, last season, I was the fan blogger for Southampton for Yahoo Sport UK. So a lot of my writing is based around Southampton and uh, yeah, I enjoy it a lot. All right. And are you going to be able to continue that this year in terms of Yahoo? Or are you not sure? Uh, Yahoo have uh, discontinued the fan blogging for the season ahead, but um, it was nice to get an opportunity. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and it was it was always nice to be able to to see that. And um, sometimes the Reed Southampton stuff is is kind of short, concise, and you know, there's a kind of a format that you guys follow. It was nice to kind of get allow you to write a little bit more, you know, um, and, and be able to to read a slightly more in depth, uh, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely, and hopefully in the um, in the upcoming season, there's a little bit more to analyze in comparison to the last one. And uh, with a bit of luck, I can kind of move that kind of feature writing over to read Southampton on a bit more of a regular basis hopefully absolutely absolutely and you did quite a few player uh previews or you know analysis of of the incoming transfers which I I enjoyed so even uh, some of the guests that I had on to talk about the players uh, referenced your articles so that that that, that bodes well um but uh, based on that kind of right now uh, the team in terms of attack midfield defense goalkeeping um where do you think we are the strongest right now I think in terms of being strongest I'd argue that we're probably strongest in the goalkeeping areas. I think that with Alex McCarthy and Angus Gunn, we've got two high-level goalkeepers there who could probably both play for top 10 Premier League clubs. But I'd also say that our midfield's strong. I think that our pool of central midfield options is good and it's got a lot of variety there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think our central midfield is is deep, you know. Like we we can yeah. sustain an injury or two and still have guys to put out there and they're all but they are all different uh and they're all, you know, in their own right good. Um where do you think we're lacking uh, the most right now? I think the the lack of depth up top with regards to strikers and wingers is quite clear for all to see. I think that we're still in need of one more striker and one more winger. Because if, if you look at it, I think the, the friendly against Celta Vigo highlighted it. Although we didn't play with natural wingers in the match, Redmond was absent. And then we were left with only two wide players in Elianusi and Josh Sims, who's played under 20 Premier League games. So we're, we're looking a little bit threadbare there. And I think that our defence still needs a little bit of work, but we have already just signed a centre-back and we've got five, so we're just going to have to hope to make do with those and hope that it doesn't cost us too much throughout the season. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, kind of all that said, looking at the club's transfer record so far this kind of summer, how are you feeling about the business that the club has done uh, in, in terms of, of who they brought in and, and who's been left out on loan and, and sent away permanently? I think generally the, the business so far this summer has been good. It's been pleasing. I think that we've strengthened some of the areas that we needed to. I think that we've got a good backup goalkeeper in Angus Gunn and also a player for the future there. I think Yannick Vestergaard is a huge upgrade on the centre-backs we've currently got. At first, I wasn't particularly excited by Stuart Armstrong and I wasn't sure what he'd bring. But, you know, from early viewing, he's looked like a really good signing. And at seven million, there's no real risk to that. And Mohamed Elianoussi, um, we'll, we'll need time to settle in, but he looks good. So I think the actual signings we've made have been positive. But I, I do still feel we need two more players. One at the very, very minimum. Still still work to do if we're going to make it, you know, if we're going to make an actual run of it. But just kind of looking at the squad now versus the start of last season, do you think, we're, you think we have a better squad than we did last season? I think we've got a better squad. But where, uh, whether I'd say we've got a better starting lineup. I'm not entirely sure because I think that although, for example, um, Vestergaard improves the team, I think that Elianusi is a downgrade on Tadic. I think that Elianusi is a good player and I think he will be a success here. But when you look at it, I'd say that having finished last season with Tadic and Bufal amongst our other attacking options, I'd have mm-hmm. still said we needed another winger. Right. But we've, we've offloaded both of them and we've only brought in one player. So I, I'd argue that Perhaps our starting lineup isn't. Mate, I wouldn't say it's weaker, but I'd probably say we haven't improved it as we perhaps should have done. And I think that that can be easily solved through the signing of a right winger sure, or, or sure. maybe like a top level striker. All right, all right. Um, so for the next couple of questions, um, kind of just looking for a name. If you want to add some context to it, you can totally do that. If not, no worries. So, so this coming season now, who do you think will be our highest scorer? I think if he's given a good run of games and he's given the opportunity to impress Manolo Gabbiadini, will score goals. But I think that, as has been the case in the last two seasons, I'm expecting Charlie Austin to get maybe seven or eight goals, and that will probably, you know, that will probably be enough for him to finish as our top scorer. All right. Um, which player will wind up with the most assists? I think Mark Hughes is looking to play with wing backs this season, and I think because of that, Ryan Bertrand might might be able to influence proceedings in the attacking third a little bit more so I think perhaps Ryan Bertrand will get it but um, if not Mohamed Elianusi he got 17 assists in all competitions last season so he's in with a shout all right all right and, and we should say that we're talking today it is the 2nd of August so this is just after the the Celta Vigo game uh, were you able to watch it because my stream cut out uh, and then uh, Southampton had blocked the uh, the stream their stream uh, for people in the United States or outside the UK so um, I was not I was not a happy camper yesterday having made plans to uh, to watch it. But uh, were, were you there? Yeah, yeah, I um, I, I went to the game and it was a uh, it was quite an entertaining one. It was a uh, it, it feels like a, a long time since you can go to St. Mary's and watch quite a fun game. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it had a lot of goals, a lot of action. So, you know, the, the first half wasn't best pleasing, but on the whole, it was quite a quite a positive workout for the lads. All right. All right. So we've done goals and assists. What about cards? Who's going to wind up with the most yellow and red cards combined uh, this season? I think that's an easy one. I think that's <laughs> going to be Romayu again. I think, I think, um, I can't remember a game under Mark Hughes where he didn't get a yellow card towards the end of last season. So I'm, I'm expecting him to get in excess of 15. Oh man. All right. Um, that, that's been the most consistent answer. It's, you know, Charlie Austin's been up there for, for highest goal scorer, but, uh, Romeo has been everybody's most carded player. Nobody's, nobody's <laughs> taken a, nobody's going out on a limb on anybody else for that one. Um, 
Who's going to play the most minutes? That's an interesting question because I think that if we are to play with wing backs, it's, it's likely to be Bertrand and Cedric. I can't really see them being displaced. But I'd, as an outside shout, I'd maybe say Yannick Vestergaard. I think that he's a lot better than, you know, I haven't seen him at Borussia Mönchengladbach and previously at Werder Bremen. I'd, I'd say that he's significantly better than the centre-backs that we've currently got. And it wouldn't surprise me if he is the man who is at the heart of defence, you know, in a 38-game season. You know, I don't, think, I don't see him being displaced by any of our other centre-backs. Who do you think misses the most time through injury? I think, sadly, that's another easy one. I think that's going to be Charlie Austin. Um, uh, it's a shame because when he plays, he does score goals. But I just think that he's just got that history now where in every season he's always out for, a, you know, a couple of months at least. So right. probably Charlie Austin, sadly. Okay. Um, youth player who you think will have the biggest impact on the first team? If we keep him, I think it will be Matt Target. Um, I think he's tr- shown tremendous development since his time at Fulham. But um, I think that if we don't sign a winger, Josh Sims, because we're so threadbare in those wide options that Sims is going to have to be called upon from time to time. And I think that he, he's got the potential to do so. I, I think that he, he can influence the game. I think that last season he developed slightly in the... Who knows? This season could be his breakthrough year. Um, I don't know if you saw on Twitter some of the people putting out the uh, when you see this jersey, who's the first person you think of, and when they put out the you know the away kit from not last year but the season before. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of people said long. A lot of people said uh, like for me, it's Josh Sims, like him running with the ball all the way up the field. The like, run. who yeah. is this kid? Like, who? What? What does he do? Like, you know, anybody <laughs> watching that game that's not a Southampton fan has no idea who he is or why he's on the pitch, and they're just wondering how is this kid. Uh, you know, doing that to Liverpool now. And I was just like, that's, that's the, that you show me that Jersey. That is the, the moment that I think of always. So um, I don't know. I, I, I hope that he can, he, he I, I hope he can make an impact. And I hope that's maybe part of the reason we haven't gone out and gotten another winger yet. Possibly. Yeah. But anyway, um, which new signing, which are the new signings that we have now at this point, we have four, but which of them do you think uh, will have the biggest impact on the season? I said, that is a tricky one. I think, I, I don't know, really. I think maybe Mohamed Elianoussi because he has got that that you know capacity to to provide goals and assists from out wide, and that's something that we haven't really had since Sadio Mane. Obviously, a very different style. But then I look at Stuart Armstrong's displays in pre-season, and he's he's improved things in the middle. I mean, I, I'm not sure he's of a higher quality than our other midfielders, but I think that what he does provide is that ability to bring the ball forward. His pass selection is intelligent. He gets in the box. He makes intelligent runs. And I don't know, I think probably between Armstrong and Elianusi. But I think both of them have been, you know, they look like they could be good signings for us. All right. Of the players that we've lost so far this season, of course, Tadic is gone. You have a number of, of players whose contracts weren't renewed. And then we have the players that are out on loan. Which of them do you think we will miss the most this season? Yeah, I think, I think Tadic probably. I think that although he was extremely frustrating throughout the last two seasons. He's, he was our only real number 10, bar Jake Hesketh. So, so I, I think that generally we will miss that kind of creative, innovative like outlet mm-hmm. just behind the striker. And I think that that could be missing. But then again, I look at it and I think that if Hughes is going to play with that kind of 3-5-2 system and he wants to play Armstrong as the link between the midfield and attack, then perhaps Tadic won't be a great miss. But I'd say out of the ones that have gone, he, he was the more influential. And I think that he'd probably be the one that we will miss if it is noticeable. Which which player are you most looking forward to watching this season? 
I'm really excited to see how Manolo Gabbiadini plays. I think that in preseason he's looked sharp, and and obviously it's not a given that he'll um he'll play regular football under Hughes. But I think that he is probably one of very very few players in the Southampton squad who can create something out of nothing. And for me, Gabbiadini's always a player that whenever I watch Southampton, I look forward to seeing him play. And I hope and pray that we give him the right service because I think that with that right service, he can get us 10 to 15 goals. All right. Looking forward now to, to Burnley. And this is assuming that everybody's fit. You know, what, what would your ideal starting lineup be, uh, formation and personnel? And then uh, kind of tell me what you think Hughes will do uh, and maybe the, how that's different from, from how you would do it if you could. I think I'd, I'd continue with a three at the back system because I think that having operated with that throughout pre-season, it would be foolish to, to, to alternate that just for the, for the start of the season. So I'd have McCarthy in goal. I would have, if he's fit and available in time, Yoshida at right centre-back, uh, Vestergaard in the middle and Bertrand at left centre-back. Uh, similar case with Yoshida at right wing-back. If Cedric's fit, I would have him there. But if not, I would actually use uh, Harrison Reid there okay. uh, in the middle. I would play Hoiberg and Armstrong. I'm not convinced Lamina's completely fit. I think because uh, I think he's got his, his uh, other half's got a, a baby on the way, and perhaps uh-huh. his potential's not quite there. And I've not really been impressed by Romeo. so I'd I'd leave Armstrong and Hoiberg in the middle. At left wing back, I would have Matt Target because, quite simply, I think you just need Ryan Bertrand at left centre back because Hoot and Stevens are liabilities on the left wing. I would have Mohamed Elianusi. On the right, I'd have Nathan Redmond. And up top, I'd personally go with Manolo Gabbiadini. All right, all right. And then what do you think Hughes is going to do? I, I mean, my, my thinking is, like you said, he'll go with the same kind of um, system, but what do you, maybe what personnel do you think is going to change? I think it will be McCarthy in goal. I think it might be Bednarek, Vestergaard and Hoot, as we saw um, against, against Celta Vigo. Uh, I think on the right, if Cedric is fit, it will obviously be him. But if not, probably Prowse. That's what he seems to have favoured doing. In the middle, I can see it being Romeu and Armstrong. Uh, no, sorry, Romeu and Lamina, if he's fit. On the left, I can see Ryan Bertrand. And just behind two strikers, I can see Armstrong, who will play just behind probably Gabbiadini and Austin or, or Gabbiadini and Long. Okay. Where do you think we're going to finish this season? I think a lot of that depends on who we recruit and if we recruit, because as we speak at the moment, we've got seven to eight days left in the transfer market. Mm-hmm. I think that if we stick with the same squad around about 14th, 15th, I think that if we sign a winger, maybe 12th, and if we sign a winger and a striker, we could possibly push into that top half. All right. Would you be okay if, if with the team we have right now, if we were at towards the end of the season looking at a 12th place finish, would you be you know, and some more attacking football, would you be satisfied with that, I guess, for this season? Yeah, I think that collectively, as a fan base, all we want after the last two seasons we've had is that is that kind of security away from the relegation zone, but also to just turn up to a football match, not have to sort of sit through it, but to enjoy it. Right. Well, you know, we, we've missed that since, since Koeman left, really. And if we can have that back, I think that on the whole, that will be a decent enough campaign for us yeah yeah I, as, as somebody who frequently wakes up at 4 a.m to uh, watch the match i can tell you that sometimes you're just like do something um <laughs> please um <laughs> um 
And, and finally, where can people find you, you know you and your thoughts and your writing and stuff uh, in case they want to catch up with that and they're not already looking at it? Yeah, so my, most of my stuff I just sort of promote on my Twitter at Luke Osman RS. Um, otherwise, uh, all the articles from my website, Reed Southampton, will be on Twitter at Reed Southampton or ReedSouthampton.com. All right. All right. Well, Luke, it's been a pleasure to talk to you and I uh, appreciate your time. Enjoy the rest of uh, your summer. I hope the weather warms back up. I know it was raining there for quite a few days after the the heat, but I hope it uh, I hope it's an enjoyable start to the season for you. And uh, good luck this season once um you know everything gets going. Thank you for having me. Take care, Matt. All right, man. Talk soon. I'd like to welcome back to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, uh, Freddie from the Ugly Inside. You can get him on Twitter at the Ugly Inside. Uh, they're also on Instagram. Uh, and of course on YouTube and the links to all those are in the show notes. Freddie, welcome back to the show and thanks for joining me to talk about the upcoming season. It's always nice to speak to you, mate. Yeah, appreciate it. Tell us a little bit uh, about the ugly inside. Of course, I think people probably know what it is by this point, but, uh, you know, just what is it? And, uh, if there's anything maybe new coming for the season that people can look forward to. Yeah. So, uh, I think you, we actually did a, a special episode, didn't we? Uh, back in March to, uh, commemorate 30 years of the ugly inside. Uh, but my, sort of part of of the ugly is is kind of pushing the uh, the video content forwards uh, but the ugly inside is is uh, historically a fanzine which we used to sell uh, in a paper based uh, paper based format so the old Dale selling for about 50p to a pound uh, in its prime and that ran from 1988 through to around the year 2000 and then from there Nick put the uh, the web the, the fanzine online and which is now a sort of message board forum and Nick also writes the articles and which is found on news now. So we get quite a bit of traffic from there. People like to join the discussion. And then uh, nearly uh, two and a half years ago, we launched the, uh, the YouTube channel. So we've got video content now, how people can uh, you know, engage with us, join the conversation in that way as well. So you know, enjoying the ride. And uh, we've got loads of things sort of planned for the new season as well. All right. All right. Well, looking forward to that. Let's, let's kind of jump into to the, to the team and stuff like that. And um Looking at attack, midfield, defense, or goalkeeping, which of those areas do you think is the strongest right now? Uh, I think hands down, you have to say, without a doubt, is midfield. Uh, central midfield especially is probably where we have the most amount of talent. Um, we are completely stacked of options. You know, we, I was watching Celta Vigo last night, and I was speaking to Mike, actually. Mike, you might see from the fan cams um, over the course of the seasons. Um, but we were saying, you know, unfortunately for Harry Reid, Great lad he is, but he's effectively six or seventh choice in the pecking order. Yeah. You know, unfortunate for Jordy Classic as well. Great, great individual, but can't get ahead of, you know, your likes of Oriol, uh, Hoiberg, uh, Lamina, and Stephen Davis. Uh, so, and, you know, you could also put James Will Prowse in that bracket, but I think Mark Hughes wants to adapt him to a right wing back because uh, we haven't, we've hardly been linked to anybody at right back. And that's probably where I would say where our, our weakest um, strength in depth is is that is that right wing back because Cedric you know I don't think he's going to play the first weekend he's lacking match fitness didn't play a part in the Celta Vigo game likely to play some part against Mach and Gladbach but it's uh, certainly an area for me we need a little bit of a uh, extra strength there there is a current on Twitter who uh, of people who are starting to question whether or not he's going to come back because he hasn't been listed in any of the pictures he hasn't been seen in any of the pictures he hasn't been Kind of, you know, they made it, we made a big deal when, when Yoshida came back and all that stuff and, and people are starting to go like, oh, he's not coming. And it's like, I'm, I'm not willing to like freak out about it yet, but if he goes and we don't have any, it, it, Harrison Reed and James Ward Prowse are our starting right backs, uh, that, that could be an issue, um, 
But of course, Jack Stevens and Jan Bednarak have also played. They can play in a, in a back four. Uh, they're definitely not going to play uh, uh, that in, in a wing back situation. Um, so just kind of going across, I know right wing back maybe or right back might be the, an issue, but uh, attack midfield defense goalkeeping, which of those do you think is the weakest then? Um, well, so from, from the back forwards, uh, obviously McCarthy signed uh, an extension to his deal. He's obviously going to be number one and Angus Gunn looks sharp. Fraser Force has got to be on his way out. Um, Burnley could come in for him. Somebody else might come in as well. Um, but I would say that's uh, probably the weakest area uh, had to be fullback, um, okay. like I sort of just mentioned. Yeah. However, having said that, though, we had Matt Target that filled in at right wing back, uh, popped up with a couple of assists yesterday. So, you know, he could be a, a, a contingency plan. Um, but a lot of people, of course, screaming out for a, a centre forward. But, you know, speaking to a lot of people last night, uh, do we really need a centre forward? All we need to do is just make sure we get Charlie Austin at least playing for at least 20 games this season. Mm-hmm. Um, he has a great goal scoring record. I think it's almost three and one, you know, or one goal in every three games or so for every club that he's played for. And if we get Gabby Adini back on form, get him firing, he's a confidence player. So if we get him scoring, then I don't think we need another center forward. All right. All right. We'll have to, we'll have to see. We still, at time of uh, speaking, we still have a few days left in the transfer window. So we'll have to see if saints have anything up their sleeve, but it sounds like unless players go first, then, then we're probably done. So anyway, uh, the next few questions, you can just give me a name. Uh, if you want to elaborate a little bit, that's totally fine. If not, no worries. Um, who do you think the highest score will be this season? Um, I think you, you can't go any further than, say, Charlie Austin to be a top scorer. Uh, like I just say, I think you just have to uh, make sure he is fit and firing and he will score us. I think an expectation, his challenge would be to get anywhere between 10 and 15 goals this season. And to be honest, that would be a... I think a lot of us would please with that return, you know, giving his goal scoring record. Uh, but you can, like, like I just mentioned, you can, you can expect him to be out for at least three months. He will pick up an injury somewhere along the line. Yeah. So if we can get him on 10 goals or Gabby Adina on 10 goals, then you, you could even, you know, consider Elianusi in that bracket. If, if he hits the ground running, you know, he could be a, 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 a sort of a, an unknown quantity in the mm-hmm. Premier League. Yeah. So remains to be seen. All right, all right. Uh, player with the most assists. So, difficult one for me uh, for assists. We've just lost our leading influence uh, in this summer. I do sign Tadej Stein for Ajax. And over the course, course of the four years, he was leading the assists in every single season. I'm sure he was. Mm-hmm. So, um, for me, I think a natural successor to that title, let's say, I think I- I'm going to look at Stuart Armstrong for this one. Okay. Uh, goal with the mo- uh, player with the most assists. He can play in a variety of different positions, wide left, you know, central midfield, deep in midfield, attacking midfield. So I think he's going to be, uh, you know, at the moment he's currently very much underrated, £7 million. Do you think in this current climate, £7 million, what is that? Yeah. But I think he's going to be more value than, uh, than we actually signed him for. So Armstrong is my pick for assists. All right. Uh, player with the most yellow and red cards combined. You know, I, I had a little joke about this last night with my friend. Um, and... We said, uh, I'll, we'll bet £10 each or something, you know, £20. How many yellow cards Oriol Romeo will get this season? Um, there's, for me, there are three certainties in life. Death, taxes, and an Oriol Romeo yellow card. And yeah. it, it has to be Romeo on the yellow cards this season. <laughs> yeah, 12, I, would... I think. Let's go for 12. <laughs> 12. Oh, my God. All right. All right. Uh, well, I think 
somebody said he I think he'd even get more than that. So we'll uh we'll see. Who will play the most minutes for the club this year? Oh boy. Um I think Premier League wise he's probably gonna be Alex McCarthy. Um the way I look at it, I think Angus Gunn is gonna be our cup keeper. Mm-hmm. Uh Alex McCarthy, should he stay fit? I think he'll play every single Premier League game this season, so he's got to be. But as for outfield player, let's say Yannick Vestergaard. I think he is a huge, uh, he's a giant first and foremost. I mean, I sat in two different locations in the ground yesterday. I sat just beyond the dugouts, and even then he looked huge, six foot seven. And then, and then I moved over to block one where I usually sit. Um, and even then he looks head and shoulders above everybody else. So uh, I think Vestergaard is going to be a key player this season. The dude is, is giant. And I've enjoyed making a bunch of dad jokes about that on, on Instagram. So it's, I'm totally, I'm totally up for it. Um, who will miss the most time through injury? I know uh, you mentioned Charlie Austin likely to be out for a little while. Is that, is that your pick for that one? Yeah, I think it's a, an obvious one as well. Um, but, you know, maybe you could consider Stephen Davis as well. He had a couple of niggling injuries uh, last season. And, I mean, let's be honest about Stephen Davis and Amaya Yoshida this season. I'm not sure either of them will be first choice. Uh, as a captain, so Ryan Bertrand, I think, will be captain. Stephen Davis may be in and out the uh, injury the injury room this season, and yeah. you can even consider Lamina might pick up quite a few of those injuries too. Um, some reports contradicting at the moment that he's uh, missing through uh, tonsillitis or something something yeah, uh, made up. But the, the reality is, his wife is nine months pregnant and is is on paternity leave, so people are interpreting it in many different ways but i think it's got to be uh, charlie austin for uh most amount of games missed for injury yeah yeah all right um youth player most likely to have an impact on the first team you know clive absolutely loves josh sims and uh i think he's been unfairly treated uh josh sims you know 20 years old now pushing 21 i think he needs to give, be given a chance to uh you know have a good running the first team. But, you know, having said that again, we are, you know, we've got so many options out wide, so many options in, in midfield. It'd be difficult to see Josh Sims to, to break in unless there is a, you know, a, a, a huge breakout of injuries, mm-hmm. um, which, uh, you know, brings his circumstances to the first team. But I think perhaps you could also look at Harrison Reed in a few more minutes. Should he, not go on loan, right. but I also want to be see. I also want to see Sam Gallagher give him a chance. Um, you know, I've said this a few times over the last few days as well. You know, Jack Stevens could barely get a game at Middlesbrough when he uh, was out on loan a season before last, uh, well, two two and a half seasons ago even. Before that, he played at Swindon, played almost every game. They couldn't say, you know, they, they were singing his praises to the uh, to the hills about Jack Stevens at Swindon, and now he's he's currently a first team regular. Yeah. Um, so I think Sam Gallagher should look at uh, Jack Stevens as an example. You know, didn't have the best of seasons away at Blackburn and Birmingham in recent years, but he offers something different up top. He's a big man. You know, people are screaming for a big man up top. Get him playing. And I'd really like to see Sam Gallagher be given a chance to season two. Yeah, absolutely. Which new signing do you think will, will have the biggest impact of, 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 on the team of the four that we've made so far? Yeah, so uh, I think I teased it earlier. Um, if I say Stuart Armstrong is going to be the player with the most assists, I think he's going to have the biggest influence. And, you know, looking at it with the smallest price as well, you know. So it'd be a, I think he's already a shrewd signing. But Stuart Armstrong um, kind of going to offer a lot more value to the squad. Um, you know, something different. And I, I hope, I do hope 
that the fans learn how to sing his song because it is a it is a belter. Yeah. Um, looking at the the players that have that are going out, you know, both on loan and and permanently, um, you know, which of those guys do you think we're going to miss the most? Are we going to look at this team or look at a game and go like, that's the guy we could have used in this situation, and we don't have him here? Yeah, I think an obvious answer would be Dusan Talic here. Um, as I've mentioned, you know, he's he's been the biggest influence for goals and assists over the last few years. But I do hope that Stuart Armstrong or Elian Nussi could be that direct replacement. They suggest that Elian Nussi won't be a direct replacement. Um, but I think he, he will offer something different. You know, we've seen his highlights, we've seen his clips. He weaves in and out of players. Elian Nussi you know, scored a couple of goals in the Champions League. So he knows what it's like to play against English clubs. Um, but as as for uh, you say the biggest miss, yeah. So um, I'm sure a lot of people that will be listening right now would agree that we uh, we wouldn't miss at all. Buffal, his attitude, Carrillo offered nothing for the team. Uh, I think it's just unlucky for uh, for Jordi Classy. Yeah. Um, when I when I watch uh, Elianusi play, I, I think it's it's a good mix of of Tadic and. And Buffal, you know, he's got a little bit more shiftiness maybe than Tadic, um, but seems to have the maybe the the strength uh, of Tadic versus you know Buffal always seemed to be uh, fragile to me. Even though Tadic spent a lot of time on the ground, I think he was still stronger. I think he did that tactically. I'm gonna I'm gonna say uh, maybe that's just me defending him. Um, which player are you most looking forward to watching this season? Are you tipped Armstrong a couple of times. Is that would that be the guy, or, you, or is there somebody else that you're you know excited to to look at this this year? Yeah, so somebody asked me this question on Instagram uh, last night even. And they said, you know, you could play to watch this season. I said Armstrong and Bertrand. I think Bertrand's got a point to prove this year. You know, he picked up the captaincy all through, uh, through circumstances uh, to Davis and Yoshida injuries. So I think Ryan Bertrand's got something to prove this season. Um, perhaps he isn't, the, he isn't the, 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 you know, the biggest vocal uh, captain but I want to see a little bit more from him. We know the ability that he has. And, um, you know, he's obviously not going anywhere. And, and he said that quite publicly. He loves his time at Southampton. So I want to see a bit more. I want to see some more leadership skills and some leadership qualities from Ryan Bertrand if he's going to carry that armband permanently. All right. Uh, and, and kind of to, to move towards the end here, um, give me your starting lineup, the, what you would use, formation and personnel. Assume everybody's fit. And then uh, maybe give me what you think Hughes is going to do in that, in that match against Burnley. All right. So we're... A week away from the season, um, you obviously have to say McCarthy in the sticks. Now, the centre-back three, assuming it is going to be a 3-4-2-1 or 3-5-2, depending if he wants to play two strikers. He's played two strikers in most of the friendlies so far, but centre-back three, you have to be uh, left centre-back Wesley Hoot, natural left-sided player, in the middle with Yannick Vestergaard, and then the, the third one is a toss-up between Jan Bednarek, Yoshida, or... Jack Stevens. I'd personally go with Jan Bednarek. He looks a bit more, uh, he has a bit more raw ability to him. And, you know, I think he wants to push on this season as well. So continue to, uh, on his seven appearances that he made last season. So I think Bednarek might get the nod. Okay. Um, again, Yoshida, a bit like Cedric coming back off the World Cup and probably lacking a, uh, some match fitness. I think Bednarek would be raring to go. Uh, left wing back, you've got to say Bertrand. Right wing back, I'm going to say James will prowse for the Burnley game, but uh, I'm sure we will see Cedric back in the first team by the end of the month because, you know, he is two, two and a half weeks behind everybody right. uh, in terms of uh, match preparation and fitness. So I'd go Ward prowse right wing back. 
And I think that's what we're going to see from more process in as well, more uh, as, a, as a sort of wider player, okay. trying to be an influence that way. All right. Two central midfielders, I would say, in uh, Hoiberg and Romeo. Romeo to pick up his first yellow card. <laughs> uh, uh, left midfield. Oh, so left midfield, we've got Bertrands. So that's 5-2. Uh, that's and the front three, I'd go for Charlie Austin with Elianusi and uh, Armstrong. Why not? Okay. Uh, I think Redmond will come on at some point. I think, again, a bit like uh, Bertrand, uh, something to prove again this season. And I'm sure a lot of people would agree we want to see a bit more of an influence from Redmond, you know, living up to expectations um, eventually. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm, 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 I, I guess I'm in Redmond's corner now. Uh, I've defended Tadic for a couple of years and now he's gone, so I'll just move it over to Redmond. And, you know, I, I don't know. He got a lot of abuse last year, so hopefully that he just can... I guess prove us wrong. Like that's that, that's what he has to do at this point. I guess. Where will we finish this season? I think uh, realistic expectations. You got to say mid table has got to be a target. Um, well, it can't get any worse than it was last season, right? Yeah. And if it does, then uh, there's serious questions to be asked because that means we will be playing championship football and you'll be struggling to find a stream yet again, Matt. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't. We won't even talk about it yet. Um, it's, too, it's too early. It's August. Um, I, I forgot to ask you, any changes to that lineup you think Hughes will make or you think that's kind of what he'll go with as well? Yeah, so I think Redmond should be pushing for a, a starting position, having Elianusi and Redmond as natural wide players to accompany uh, Charlie Austin up front, do the leg work, let's say. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if you know, Armstrong starts on the bench. You know? So certainly pay places to be, to be won. Um, I think Stephen Davis may be pushing for a first-team place too. All depends if he can... Uh, Again, his, his sharpness because he and Shane Long look really sloppy uh, Wednesday night. In uh, some of my kind of lineups that I've thought of, you could make that that formation so attacking. You know, um, if you have Bertrand and you have Cedric, uh, and you put two guys in the middle like you know Hoiberg and, and Armstrong uh, in midfield, and then have you go three four three and have either Redmond or El- Elianusi out wide, and then Austin or Gavidini at front. That is just, I mean, you could really run at people. You can do a lot of things and. In the first 30 minutes of the stream that I saw against Celta Vigo, it seemed like Bertrand was just, he was really getting open and getting down that left-hand side, which I, I like. That, that, that was great. It's just, you know, no goals then for, for, and then, of course, Target comes in and does it from the opposite side. So, uh, but I didn't see that. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, Southampton. Um, anyway, where will we finish this season? Uh, let's go middle of the road, 10th place. All right. Um, and uh, finally, any, any final thoughts and, and where can people find the, the, the YouTube channel and all that stuff. Yeah, so uh, head over to the YouTube, um, youtube.com, uh, type in the ugly inside in the, in the search bar, or it's youtube.com slash the ugly inside, one word. It's also, we're also on Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram, all of the good stuff. All right, and links to all those are in the show notes, so people just click and go. Said that uh, going on uh, close to 200 times at this point um, <laughs> in the history of this, of this show. So, uh, yeah. But uh, Freddie, thanks for thanks for joining me. Thanks for taking time out of your day to uh, to do this. I appreciate it. No problem, mate. It's really good to speak to you again. All right, man. We'll talk to you soon. We'd like to welcome back to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, uh, Jamie Grant. He runs the Southampton page on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, partner of the show helps promote the show on all the platforms. So I appreciate that. 
Jamie, welcome back. Uh, and thanks for joining me to talk and look forward to uh, the upcoming season. Yeah, thanks for having us back. And yeah, good to speak as usual. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so just very quickly, in case people aren't familiar, uh, what is the Southampton page and what can people expect if they go and take a look at it? Uh, basically, we're just a bit of news uh, start covering the youth side a bit more. Uh, so we're basically just for news. And like I said, we try and get all the stuff out there for people that don't notice it, maybe from abroad or whatever. So we just try and cover all bases, really. Like, obviously, for example, with the game last night, not a lot of people knew it was on Celta Vigo's YouTube. So obviously we try and find all the info out for people that can't, obviously abroad, can't watch the game, for example. We try and cover all bases sort of thing yeah and that youtube channel worked well for 30 minutes and then it took a dump that's all right um still better communication from them than uh the southampton media team which i i'm normally not critical but i was quite frustrated yesterday uh as if you couldn't tell from my tweets um anyway we'll we'll, we'll leave that aside because it's one thing in the uh, whatever um but yes uh, the links to the southampton page are in the show notes recommend you go check it out uh, but let's jump into some of these questions. Uh, we've talked to, to plenty of people that you were going to be the, the the final one that we do. Um, but let's look at attack, midfield, defense, and goalkeeping. Where do you think Saints are the strongest right now? Um, that's a good question, actually. I think we're strongest right now. I think two... I don't know if I can use two positions. I'd say goalkeeper and midfield at the moment. I still think... I think, like I said, we've... We've got McCarthy and obviously Angus Gunn, and obviously I know he's leaving, but we've got Fraser Force at the moment, so we're quite strong in that sense. Um, and like I said, yeah, and I think midfield as well, we're pretty much uh, pretty much looking good there. All right, what about what about the weakest area of the team? Um, I see. I would say forward because I still feel that we need to get at least one more forward before the window closes. So I think forward for me is a position we need to be trying to address. And then looking at the transfer market so far, we have the, you know, the four incoming, incoming signings. There's still a few days left. Uh, we're recording on August 2nd, so uh, who knows what happens between now and the end of the window. But uh, with the players we brought in, uh, with losing Tadic and sending some guys out on loan, like what, how, would you, how do you feel about how the club has done so far? you think they've done an acceptable job, or what do you think? Um, I think we've done well with, I mean, Vestergaard I'm really pleased with. I thought we needed to address that centre-back position by getting him in. Um, Armstrong, who's I think is going to be one of our underrated signings, so to speak, because like not a lot of people spoke about him, but I think he'll be really good. Um, Elanusi as well, another one I think with time he'll develop well, and obviously Angus Gunn is a good for me a good backup to McCarthy, and will offer more competition to McCarthy than obviously Fraser Forster would, I think. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so let's jump into some of the predictions for the season. You can just give me a player name if you want. Who do you think will be our highest scorer for the season? Everyone will probably say, oh, that's the easy get-out clause, but I'd probably say Charlie Austin. I mean, everyone will probably have said that loads of times, but I, Charlie Austin, for me, he at the moment, when I look at our forwards, he's the one that normally scores the most goals, so yeah. I'd probably say Charlie Austin. All right, and with Tadish gone, that's our assist king kind of out there, but who do you think replaces him as the player with the most assists this season? Um, see, I think it might either be, depending on who starts, Stuart Armstrong uh, or Elanusi. I think two, two of the new signings. I think, like I said, I think Armstrong could provide a lot of assists more than people think. So I think Stuart Armstrong or Elanusi for me. 
All right. Um, player with the most yellow and red cards combined. Um, Romeo, I think, is a big shout for yellow cards. Um, yeah, I think Romeo. Who do you think will play the most minutes for the club this year in all competitions? Well, that's a good one. Um, I think if we stick with McCarthy in goal, I think he'll play the most. I think if he stick, obviously, I'd, obviously it depends on if obviously Gunn gets a, a game with, or two. But I reckon McCarthy will probably be one of the most, and Vestergaard will be another one that will get a lot of minutes on the pitch. I think as well because for me, he's a starter every week. So yeah, yeah. Which player do you think will miss the highest number of games or the most most games through injury? See, that's a funny one. I've just said who I think our highest scorer is going to be. I think our highest scorer is probably going to be the person who misses through injury, which I hope not. I don't want him to get injured, but I know Charlie Austin has a thing where he's all right for the first few months and then he gets this one injury and then he's gone for the season. Yeah. So I hope not, but I... He, if he gets one injury, then he will probably be that player. But I'm trying to think of anyone else that might. No, see, I, th- I think Charlie Austin. I hope not, though. So in a way, I hope I'm wrong with that answer, to be honest. So yeah. Charlie Austin, but I hope I'm wrong, basically. Yeah, um, no, we're, we're not wishing injury in any way. It's just kind of what, no, we're, what we're predicting. Um, which youth player do you think will have the biggest impact on the first team? See, I know there's a lot of clamber for Josh Sims this season so I would say I reckon Josh Sims uh, yeah I think Josh Sims for me would be my pick on that one yeah okay uh, and with us not signing another wide player as of right now the door could be open for him there which new signing do you think will will have the biggest impact on the team uh, we have four at this moment but uh, what, do you, what do you what do you think oh see this is a tough one because it's a toss-up between Vestergaard, because obviously in our defence, I think if he could make our defence pretty solid, mm-hmm. then he would be one. And my other, see, I know she said a player, but I think him or uh, Anella Nusi, because obviously, but I'm thinking, obviously, I'm finding it hard which one to pick. Because obviously, if, if like I said, if Vestergaard sorts our defence out for me, that because that was one of our problems last season, obviously, along with goal scoring. So I think if he could. So, so I think I'd probably go with Vestergaard just, I think. Okay. Only just. I can't, obviously, I want to give you one player rather than, do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Um, which player are you most looking forward to watching this season? I'd probably say Stuart Armstrong, actually, because he's, like I said, I think he could be one of them under, uh, is it under, under the radar? Yeah. Under, or under the radar sign. So I think Stuart Armstrong for me would be. Yeah, I mean, it, in terms of the money he cost, it wasn't a ton. Uh in terms of high profile, he wasn't really uh, some of the, even some of the, some of the Celtic fans said you should have gone for somebody else on the team. So uh, I think it'll be I think I think he's he looks good, and so I'm I'm, I'm looking forward to watching him as well. Um, which outgoing player, either loan or permanent? So you have Tadic or, or all the players we have out on loan. Which of those do you think will miss the most this season? Um, I think you probably alluded to it. The assist king, I suppose, uh, Tadic. I think. Um... I mean, I was, I, I, I won't lie, I was a massive critic of his earlier in the season, but how he ended the season, I sort of changed my mind and obviously I was proved very wrong by him. And now I think, as you've just said, he was our assist king and I think we might, I hope, hopefully someone else can take over the assist role, but I think we might miss that next season. But I hope we don't, obviously. I hope someone steps up and replaces that. But it's obviously, like you said, it's quite tough to replace that. Yeah. So now looking ahead to Burnley, give me your starting lineup, uh, personnel and formation, 
uh, and then like how you would do it. And then uh, tell me kind of uh, what you think Hughes will do and assume everybody's fit, I guess, um, which obviously the likelihood maybe of Cedric being ready or you should being ready. But uh, you know, if, if everybody's fit and you could choose from anybody in the squad, like give me, give me your lineup and then tell me what you think Hughes will do for, uh, for Burnley. I see personally, I'm quite boring really. I would do a four, four, two, but I know we won't do that. Um, so, but like I said, so everyone will probably go, why is he saying four, four, two, but that's what I would do. So personally, I would probably fit. This is, this is me. Yeah. My opinion, obviously I would go with, McCarthy in goal, obviously Cedric, uh, Vestergaard. I'd say Yoshida. Uh, I don't think that will be the person that will start, but I'll say Yoshida. Bertrand, and then I would have um, in the midfield, I'd probably have Lamina, Romeu. Uh, left would be Elanusi, right. Yeah, I'd probably have Redmond on the right. Uh, and then I'd have, I think the problem is, this would be two up top, it'd be Austin and Gabardini, but like I said, I don't think it's going to be like that. Sure. So obviously, I'm saying what I would do myself. But obviously, yeah, I think, yeah, that's what that's how I would start. I start it myself, but I think it will be more of a free at the back. Lastly, just uh, where do you think we're going to finish this season? See, my prediction is going to change based. Obviously, I've got a prediction now, but obviously, based on what we do in the window, it might change. But currently. I would say ninth or tenth, but if we can get a a recruitment, a recruitment, yes, that's the right word, a recruitment in a signing, yeah, signing in before the window in the in the attacking mind, and they're a real, I think maybe eighth, ninth, I would go. Okay. But if we don't, I think ninth, tenth, okay, possibly. All right, on that one, and uh, yeah, well, thank you, Jamie, for giving me your your thoughts on that, and. Uh, predicting the season, taking some time, and thank you for all that you do for the show. I, I do appreciate that um, you know, more than I can express. Um, so once again, you are at the Southampton page on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Facebook, I think it's just facebook.com forward slash Southampton page. Is that right? Yeah, I think it, yeah, I think it is. Yeah, I think it is yeah. And even if I'm wrong, the links are in the show notes because they're there every week so you can click on them and find them. But yeah, um, yeah so thank you again and we'll, we'll, we'll talk to you throughout the year, I'm sure. Yeah, thank you for having me on. It's a pleasure as usual. All right. Talk soon. And that does it for this episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope that you've enjoyed it. If you've somehow managed to make it through almost two hours of the show, I really do appreciate your effort. Uh, you deserve something, and hopefully that something will be three points from Saints at the weekend. So special thanks to all of the guests from this week's show, Lucy, Ben, Chris, Richard, Luke, Freddie, and Jamie. The show was impossible to do without you. And to everybody else who wanted to be a part of the show, who we just couldn't make schedules work, there will be a next time and we'll get you on then. Uh, But head into the show notes, give everybody a follow, uh, follow along with their writing or their videos or whatever it is. Um, Everybody on the show this week is a returning guest and I wouldn't have returning guests back on if I didn't think uh, that it they were providing something that was worthwhile. So, yeah. You can contact the show on Twitter. We're at SFCDELL underscore I-V-E-R-Y. Same on Instagram. And we're at Facebook.com forward slash SFCDelivery. Uh, you can email the show at SouthamptonDelivery at gmail.com. And you can subscribe to this show and get all the new episodes whenever they come out on iTunes, Stitcher, Acast, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to check out our partner page, the Southampton page on Instagram. 
You heard from Jamie today. He runs a fantastic page, so do not miss it. The link is in the show notes. Our logo was done by Matt Beeling of the We Are Southampton page on Instagram. For all your matchday edits, polls, competitions, and more, be sure to check out the We Are Southampton page on Instagram. Special thanks to Matt for doing the new logo, uh, which will debut next week. All music comes courtesy of the Free Music Archive at freemusicarchive.org. The intro song is Epic Song by Boxcat Games. And the end of show credits that you're listening to now is Aim is True by Pottington Bear. That is all for this week. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss next week's show. And to the 2018-2019 season, whatever comes, no matter what, together, we march on. It's been a long, long weekend. I'm sorry. <laughs>